morning announcements. The Retro Club will be meeting today to discuss Valley Girl. And the Student Council would like to remind everyone that suggestions for this year's prom theme are due by Friday, so get your votes in. Hello, and welcome to the Retro Club. We're your host, Megan. And John, baby. Did you just pop your knuckles on your chin? Yeah. Yuck. (laughs) (laughs) You're just so fragile. (laughs) I know. I'm built of like peanut brittle. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Heavy on the brittle. Oh. (laughs) You're not much better over there dancing off of freaking decks. Man, this. Oh, my God. We're still not going to tell that story on here. We've alluded to it several times. I also, every time I get up out of my chair at work, I have a desk job. I work eight-hour shifts (laughs) Monday through Friday, and every time I get up to, like, go do something, I'm like, oh. Does your ankle ankle pop? (laughs) Everything pops. I, like, hold my side, and I kind of waddle a couple steps. I mean, this should be my wake-up call, but (laughs) Your ass was dancing in the ruins. (laughs) It's bad. It's bad. But I'm I'm trying to get back on my healthy wagon. Once upon a time, guys... Before you knew Saddling up. <laughs> I was actually doing pretty well uh, health-wise. And then Do you COVID realize that was before? Yeah, that was before the pandemic. Yeah, I know. I know. It was five years ago. Was it I, really? When I started. Yeah, when I started oh, dieting I and you, exercising. We're not counting that part. We're talking about when you stopped. <laughs> oh, when I stopped would have been two years ago. Or okay. two, um, three years ago. It's a distant memory. I know it sucks. COVID really screwed it up. Like I was going to the gym pretty regularly and yeah. uh, because of the everything with COVID, I couldn't go for a while and then they let people go, but with masks and it was like, I tried it, but yeah, I just, but it was hard to work out with fabric right against my mouth and I'm like fighting for my life on the Stairmaster. And <laughs> right. I was just built gorgeous. I don't, it doesn't really matter to me. Oh, okay. I mean, I, I don't want or need those problems. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'm just going to keep doing my thing. Go on. You're welcome. Okay. <laughs> Over here, taking up all the air in the room with that talking. <laughs> oh, Lord. We also had personal stuff going on in our life at the a exact lot. same time COVID started. It was just like a whole hot mess. and It was a really bad time. Yeah. It's, it's kind of a little blur now. I don't know. It's very. It all, it all kind of happened at once. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Whatever. We won't bore you with our no. our personal life. Just know we're getting back to it. All right. Yeah. Join us in our journey <laughs> as we. Re- I love journey. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Speaking of journey, what's going on in the world of music, movies, etc.? Any, any way you want it. That's the way you need it. Mm-hmm. Any way you want it. Okay. <laughs> I saw two really good trailers. I'm really excited for the release of Killer Clowns from Outer Space: The Game. I'm not a fan of killer clowns. I know. Okay. (laughs) But I am, and I'm sure multiple people are. All right. Well, you do you. Yeah. I just don't know why you don't like it. I I don't get it. Oh, well, you don't really like a lot of stuff in the 80s, so. That's not true. Why do you say such slanderous (laughs) things? That is not true. I just don't like killer clowns. I'm just trying to call you out on your hate. (laughs) No, I just don't like, I don't know what it is about killer clowns, but it's. Amazing. You're welcome. (laughs) Anyway. Oh, and the other trailer I saw, and it looks great. I don't know when it's coming out, but it was for that Texas Chainsaw Massacre game. Game. Okay. Earlier when you said Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I said another movie. I was about to just throw something at the wall. Oh, yeah. That was just you not listening. (laughs) I guess. I I hear Texas Chainsaw, and I assume it's another movie. And I Yeah, you know, what's the best idea for a Texas Chainsaw movie? Let's set it in modern day and bring back a character that we thought was killed off and make sure that the whole story is based around an influencer because that's what people want in their horror movie. That movie sucked. What movie? What The that newest Netflix one? movie. Texas yeah. Chainsaw? Yeah, that's what it's based around. An influencer oh. hears this story and he's like, oh, maybe we should go out to this house that's out in the middle of nowhere. It looks like shit, you know, where all these murders happened. Um, I didn't watch it, so I don't know. I thought the one movie preview we saw the movie's been out now i've not seen it but it's just called x right 
Yeah, it's just I a thought Texas it, chain. It's just a Texas Chainsaw ripoff. Yeah, it's not Texas Chainsaw. I mean, it's not that story, but it's like set it in exactly the 70s like where they go out to a farm to film a porno. and. Yeah, that's the only different premise of it. They film a porno. There's naked, a lot of naked people. Yeah. <laughs> I assume. Anyway, that's, yeah, I, I didn't watch it. I thought it was a Texas Chainsaw movie, but I guess it's not. But who could tell the difference? And I gotta be honest, that <laughs> as far as Texas Chainsaw goes... Like those movies jumped the ship a long time ago. I think the last movie that's watchable was the second one, and that was in 1986. I mean, they had the original Texas Chainsaw. Yeah, it's, was a, it's a good movie. Like, just revolutionary. It yeah. scared the, everyone to death. It I was, talked about this before. Like, a good scary movie will make you think about it, and it will cause you to do things in your life you don't think about. Like, I'm afraid to go to houses out in the middle of nowhere. Oh, like yeah. you remember when I told you? Uh, well, I guess I talked about that on the podcast where I saw the Texas, what looked like the Texas Chainsaw House in our state. Uh huh. It's just out in the middle of nowhere, and it was just this old house with all the. It was the house that had the daughters that were hot. Okay. Yeah. I vaguely remember this, John. And the old man. Yeah. Okay. Good God. Whatever. <laughs> we're not talking about Texas Chainsaw. We are talking about a different movie. Oh, and I guess it's me that's going to introduce oh. it. <laughs> oh, so sorry. Um, today, Sue, sorry, like Sue, a sous chef. Sue, sorry. Yeah. Today, we're Susie. discussing the original 1983 yeah. Valley Girl. Because How bad does that I suck? was not aware that it had been remade. Yeah, uh, there's all kinds of like 2020, I'll, I think. I'll go into that. It wasn't remade in 2020, it was released in 2020. Okay, well, I mean, it's the same movie, right? It's a yeah. remake. Okay, well. So this movie is rated R. That makes sense. It's, For the time, yeah. You got to think too, like rom-coms, the raunchier, the the more it was going to draw people to the theater. Yeah, there's... The only thing I could... Porky's, Revenge of the Nerds. That's all I really got to go with. The only thing I could think of that's giving it an R rating is the nudity. You see a, uh, quite a few topless chicks. Not even... Uh, uh, not quite a few. drinking? A handful. I don't think they're drink. Oh, they do drink at prom. Mm -hmm. Not just at prom. They drink at the party. Uh, they smoke the reefer. They were smoking. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So drug, alcohol, and boobies. A lot of innuendo in the movie too. Oh yeah. A ton of innuendo. Like you have uh, a lot of things with old girl's mom trying to seduce that kid. Mm -hmm. Skip. Oh uh, yeah. Just a what lot a of taboo name. stuff. We'll get there. Okay. So this is a romantic comedy. Absolutely. Good rom -com. It has a runtime of an hour and 39 minutes. It's in that oh my sweet gosh. spot. We love it. The sweetest spot, you know? Yeah. We all know about that. Overall, <laughs> I mean, it's got a decent rating from critics and viewers for the most part. It's Yeah, I didn't see a bad review about it. The only people that that hate it are like modern like movie fans. That, and mm. I mean, like that's in the last like maybe eight years. That, well, those are the only negative reviews I've seen about the movie. Let me go ahead and give you, um, let me do a synopsis first and then we'll get into numbers and cast. Yeah. How's that sound? Okay. Here's your synopsis. Lovely teen Julie Richmond is, I love her last name is Richmond. So on the nose. Anyway, her, where am I at? <laughs> is steeped in the excessive pink clad culture of the San Fernando Valley, complete with her narcissistic boyfriend, Tommy. At a party, however, Julie falls for an edgy Hollywood punk named Randy, and the two begin an <laughs> unlikely romance. Torn between fitting in with her superficial friends and embracing a more nonconformist lifestyle, Julie ultimately has to decide to stay with Tommy or take a risk with Randy. That's pretty that's accurate. They it, did, I think they used some really good words to describe the movie in that. Yeah, yeah. And if you're wondering, if you're thinking to yourself, this sounds really familiar. It's because it's Romeo and Juliet, y'all. Yeah. It is Romeo and Juliet a hundred times over. Yeah, and you could throw in some Taming of the Shrew there. N not really. No, I mean, it's minus some key characters from the original Shakespeare play. It, mm -hmm. It's Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, absolutely. I'm just saying it has elements. Uh -huh. All right. Do you know how much this movie it costs to make this movie? If I'm betting, uh -huh. based off of location uh -huh. and the cast, because it has no names in it. 
And don't None get don't them, don't don't confuse it, Megan, because they were not stars yet. Not even not not, Nick, not no, one of them. Nick, n- no, not I know one of Nick, them. I know the lead wasn't. Not one of them. Okay. Colleen Camp is like a B movie actress, like a deep B movie actress, and she was not even the star in this. Um. Oh, if I was a betting man, nineteen eighty three. Yes. April 29th, 1983 is when it was released. Because it just uses a lot of mall scenes and stuff like that. Yeah. And it, and it was me by it was made by a really cheap studio. MGM made it, right? Um, I don't have the studio in front of me. I'm sorry. Okay. I don't know. I've, I would bet at most two, three million dollars. <laughs> no. Really? Yeah. yeah, really, really. This budget... $350,000. Huh. Not even half a million. That makes sense, because when I bring up some trivia, that's going to make more sense to me now. So in today's money, I don't know, probably right around a million, which is nothing. Wow. And this movie had a really big uh, like return on it, didn't it? Like, Oh, yeah. It made $17.3 million. Yeah, that's like 150%. It made $17 million if you take away that point three. That's, That's it. crazy. Oh, yeah. It made a ton of money. It was directed by Martha Coolidge. So we have a female director, which we a don't very good see director. a lot of. No. Well, the 80s kind of changed a lot of that. She's a mm-hmm. she's a good director anyway. Well, I should say we haven't seen a lot of in what we've done so far. I think she's our no. first female director. She might be. You might be right with that. As far as the cast goes, we have an extremely young and before dental work, Nicolas Cage, plays his teeth are awful they're so bad (laughs) they're really bad they are just the stuff of nightmares and he plays our romeo slash randy i'm just i'm shook i i understand what why why they picked him i guess (laughs) this is also the first movie where he uses the name cage and not his born name so this wasn't his so this may have been his this breakout his role, but it, it wasn't role. his first role. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then Deborah Foreman plays Julie Richmond or Juliet. She's so cute too, isn't she? I, she was perfect for this movie. Yes. She's the girl next door. She's very, not plain Jane, but she's just a very sweet looking girl. She looks like a lot of the, a lot of the girls my sisters grew up with. Very uh, to cute. me, through parts of the movie, she reminded me of a girl that I went to school with. See? Um, I didn't even list the movies Nick Cage is in. Honestly, National Treasure, the end. That's <laughs> I know he's raising been in, Arizona. I know. It's I'm like kidding. My, like I only like him in two movies. Uh, um, National Treasure, the oh, end. Oh, you didn't care for Mandy? We didn't even get to Mandy. <laughs> we How, got like we might, twenty minutes. We didn't in. get that far. We got like four minutes into it. Um, Julie or Deborah Foreman, she has been in. April Fool's Day with yes. Jamie Lee Curtis. That's a that's not with Jamie Lee Curtis. April Fool's. I'm thinking of um the prom one. What is that? Prom night. Prom night. That's what I was no. thinking. I'm sorry. Uh, April Fool's Day is a really good horror movie. It's uh it turns you on your head. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got a great cast too. That's yeah. a good movie. I recommend that everybody. April Fool's Day. Definitely watch that. She really hasn't been in much else that I recognize. She was in Real Genius. That's a good Val movie. Kilmer. Also, uh, that's directed by the same director. Martha Coolidge? Uh-huh. Oh, I didn't know that. Waxwork? Ooh, another good horror movie. Yeah. I... That's got uh, Billy from Gremlins in it. Okay. And then we have E.G. Daly, who oh. we've ran into a couple of times already. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> She was in Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Mm-hmm. She played Tommy in Rugrats. I'm trying to name some other stuff that she was featured on the soundtrack named. to Summer School. <laughs> oh my gosh, she's a dream dreamboat. She was in Better Off Dead, mm-hmm. which we've covered. Oh my gosh, I oh I love E.G. Daly, Elizabeth Daly. That's she's <laughs> phenomenal. I I just over here getting choked up. <laughs> All right, some of the other characters we have got um, Michael Bowen plays Tommy, which mm-hmm. here's another '80s movie that I really like. I think it might have been The Wildlife. Um, which, if anybody knows The Wildlife, I'll be surprised, and I'd love to have a conversation with somebody about that because no one ever knows the movie I'm talking about. 
I'm not familiar with it. I'll be honest. He was in Breaking Bad for okay. most of the seasons. It looks. He like wasn't in any other '80s movies. None that are sticking out. He, it shows him in like 2000s. Uh, Mortal Passions came out in '89. I have no clue what that is. I don't know. Whatever. Obviously, he didn't do a ton of work. Notable work. That sucks. Sorry. No. <laughs> Mm. He had to have been in another big movie. I, I refuse to believe that. Like Quentin Tarantino loves using people that aren't that go away and come well, back. Well, let me see if you recognize any of these. Besides, let's see, The Lost came out in two thousand six. Nope. Soda Springs came out in two thousand twelve. Uh-uh. Uh The Hessen Conspiracy, oh eight. Bonnie and Clyde in ninety two. I don't remember Last the Last House on the Left in oh nine. Not Oh, the remake? Yeah. Uh, he was in Echo Park. That came out in the 80s. Kill Bills. He was in all the Kill Bill movies. Really? Uh, what did I say? Quentin Tarantino movies. Yeah. Less than zero. Less than zero is not a bad movie. I know. It didn't even have it up the there. The Wildlife. He was in that. Okay. Night of the Comet. Another good horror movie. Private Resort. Most people don't know about this movie, but that's a movie that was the movie that followed Nightmare on Elm Street for Johnny Depp. Iron Eagle. You didn't bring up Iron Eagle. I hadn't gone through all of his movies. I apologize. Stop yelling at me. Oh. <laughs> he was also in Magnolia. Did you ever see that? No. Oh, I That's saw a, that. Jackie Brown. Another Quentin Tarantino movie. Okay, let's get through some more cast. My goodness. I'm you so have mad. Randy's um, sidekick. He plays Fred Bailey. It's Cameron Dye, which I, again, he's... Not been in really much that I know of. <laughs> he was in The Last Starfighter? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> he was in Joy of Sex and the Apocalypse and so on and so on. Mm-hmm. And then uh, some of Julie's friends besides E.G. Daly was Michelle My- Myrink. Myrink plays Susie. Myrink. Mm-hmm. And Heidi Holliker played Stacy. There is Tina Theb- Theberge. The Burge? She plays Samantha, which is like, you don't see Fiber. her. Sure. You don't see her much. David Ensign, who plays Skip. There's a <laughs> lot of other characters in here that have relatively small parts compared to... Colleen Camp. She's the one I know probably the most. She's in Apocalypse uh, now. And she was in the Police Academy movies. Wow. She looks different. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say it like that, but she died. I didn't even recognize <laughs> I skipped right over her face. Wow. Okay. Let's talk about the movie, shall we? I think I've covered everything. I've got cast, crew. We've got uh, the budget, synopsis. Yeah, I think we're ready to jump right in. Hell yeah, dog. Get down to it. Oh, me? Okay, I'll start. So, like any good 80s movie, where does this movie start? California. The mall. At that B. Oh, wait. Oh, I guess this starts the mall, doesn't it? It does start it's the a mall. Mo- it starts try. with a montage. <laughs> it does. So it starts with Julie and her friends, and they're at the mall, and they are discussing how dreamy Tommy is. I really like where it's like all these purchases being made, mm-hmm. just at random, and then that one person can't believe how much they spent on their credit card. Yeah, in one of the clothing stores, she spent $192. That is over in $500 today. Yeah. At a clothing store. Depends on where they're at. That'd be like the buckle now for everybody uh, in yeah. our small town. Or I don't know what it'd be like anywhere else. Cause um, we're Sa- so. <laughs> Saks Fifth Avenue. <laughs> we're so like sheltered. I we know. only know what we have in our town. <laughs> or that's, we're just poor. And we don't right. shop in those places. That's so many bottles of wine. <sighs> that's like going to Target. <laughs> <laughs> A I could day. drop $500 on Target for sure. I know. <laughs> Easy on clothes and knickknacks. Knickknacks, yeah. <laughs> and patty wax. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway, so they're at the mall. They are talking about Tommy, who is Julie's current they, beau. They prefer to him as the dream boat. What? Okay, the word of this movie I wanted to keep account and i did not the amount of times they say bitchin in this movie uh not enough (laughs) it's like they say it so much in the beginning they're and they they're over the top and i don't know if that's how preppy popular girls talked in the 80s every word you ever heard a ninja turtle say is said in this movie 
when they say like totally and oh what tubular? is they do say tubular there was one word she used rad was 100 percent made up and i was like shut up i'm using that and i already forgot what it was <laughs> so should have wrote it down. i know the megan harris story <laughs> okay while they're talking about tommy julie is telling them like look i think i'm over him we've been dating for a while i feel like a piece of furniture i don't you yeah know. she's just she just hangs around She's like, I'm just kind of over him. I'm done. And they keep telling her she's crazy. She's like, he's the hottest guy in school. You can't break up with him. Yeah. Like, that's the only reason to stay with a guy. Ladies, please. And Tommy, right off the bat, the first time you see him, he is a straight dick for no reason. Yeah, they pass each other on the escalator. And he's like, oh, you're out? And she's like, did you want me waiting by the phone? <laughs> right. He's just so full of himself. It's so awful. But... They're also talking about a party that He's one of the, the prelude girls... to uh, Johnny from the Karate Kid. Yeah, I could see that. That's probably I could see Mr. William Zapka getting some inspiration from that. Yeah, because Karate Kid came the year after. After, well, maybe, possibly. All right, so they're also talking about how there's going to be a party at one of the girls' houses that night. And mm-hmm. they're like, Tommy's going to be there. They're you at should the go. beach. The best part of that movie is where they're all at the beach and going over stuff, just enjoying enjoying the day. And that's when you see Randy and that random... Yeah, that may, they leave them all. They go to the beach and that's when they're talking about the Look at that guy's bod. Oh, yeah, they're all drooling over Randy. And that's because he's far enough away. And they the can't sun, see his teeth. The sun is behind him. Yes. <laughs> so they don't get a good look at the... To be fair, like Nicolas Cage was like humongous in his shoulders and stuff. Like, no, his, his body wasn't bad looking. I was genuinely surprised. Okay, now... What did you think about that nice V of hair on his chest? Ew, it was like it was, shaved yes. at the neck. It was disgusting. Uh, if you guys see, I'll, I'll uh, Just share post a the photo picture. Of it. <laughs> no, a picture of the um, the movie cover. The edited, the very airbrushed edited where they gave him like yeah. abs and she looks nothing like her. So it's awful. I have more to talk about it's that awful. too. We'll be, okay. We're good. <laughs> oh, then I'll shut up. Yeah, so they're on the beach. They're admiring Randy and they're like, let's go to this party. And everyone's talking about the party. It's the place to be. Fred overhears the conversation about the party. Yes. So he, he goes, was definitely eavesdropping. He goes to Randy and he's like, hey, there's a party at this address. We should definitely go. And he's like, Ew, that's in the hills. No. The valley? Or the valley. <laughs> the hills, the valleys, whatever. <laughs> I mean, hills and valleys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're totally opposite. Oh, yeah, whatever. All, all over the plains, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Megan. <laughs> he's in the he's in the Hollywood. Yeah, he's the, he's she's in the Hollywood valley. Hills. Got it. Okay. I know what I meant. I, I got where you were going. It's by the ocean, right? <laughs> 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 Gotta do the Megan smile after it. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so they do eventually, they decide to go to this party. There's like a little bit here and there, but whatever. We get to this party. Julie is still talking to her friends. This up until- party, by the way, is lit. They have everything going on at this party, even sushi randomly. Yeah, and the parents are there. Like, yeah, the mom that is, was, she was attractive, but she was very. Like, you know, she's she like was, scoping those boys out yes. at that party. And I'm like, oh, man, they're half she's your a, age. She is looking for a fling. And oh, a, yeah. And a flick. Oh, oh. fling and a flick. <laughs> Goodness. Her husband's there, too, but he's definitely Not a boyfriend. It's her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Whatever. He's very aloof. He has he's not paying attention to her. He doesn't really care. No, he used to trying to enjoy the fish paste. <laughs> yeah, he's eating the sushi. And her daughter, the one. One of uh, Julie's friends is telling her mom about this boy that she's really attracted to and he's going to be at the party. And then she's like, oh, my God, mom, there he is. I'm so freaked out. Blah, blah, blah. And then mom looks over and is like immediately smitten with Uh this kid. Oh, it's awful. He came in wearing that sweater around his neck, had that perfect black curly mullet. I don't think he had a sweater on at that party. I think he he did, didn't he? Mm-mm. Oh, it's no, no, no. Like he was wearing movie. shorts with like a... He was wearing like, like a, a flannel or something. Yeah. yeah. He's a very smart dresser. That's how they dress in the in the he valley. Just, he kind of dressed like Kenny from uh, Friday the 13th, The Game. <laughs> sure. He, he was a dipshit like Kenny. Sure. Actually, he wasn't a dipshit. He ended up winning in the end, if you know what I mean. <laughs> anyway, so everyone's enjoying their party. Tommy is trying to talk to Julie, and she's like, 
Tommy, I'm over it. Goodbye. Bye-bye. We're done. Yeah, and Tommy kind of like alienates her at this party for all the guys because all the guys don't want a problem with Tommy. Because yeah. he he's so overbearing and he's just an asshole for no reason that he causes problems with people no matter where he's at. And he's he's like the head jock at the school too. Like they they mentioned that quite a bit. Yeah, but he he's like super trash because he ends up going upstairs and he catches He was drunk and high. Her name is Lauren. E.G. Daly's character's name is Lauren. And he catches her as she's coming out of the bathroom. She's wearing a bodysuit too. Yeah, like this red jumpsuit thing. Is that it like Michael cute. Myers, yeah, it was nice. Michael Myers. That's what it was like. It was only it was red. I was thinking it kind of reminded me of Michael Jackson's thriller jacket, but it's There was whole, no jacket to it. I Okay, so he takes her into this room and he starts coming on to her and she's trying to act like she doesn't, she's playing like flirty, ooh, don't touch me. (laughs) And where was she coming out of? Do you remember? The bathroom. Okay. I already said that. Keep up. Sorry. Keep up. He takes her in this bedroom and they end up sleeping together. He comes on to her, they have sex and then she's like, are you promise you're not going to tell anyone? He's like, no, I'm not going to tell anyone. He makes a really weird promise because she's like, does this mean we're going steady? And he's like, no. Yeah. So he makes her feel stupid and says, don't worry, I'm not going to tell anyone. And then goes downstairs and immediately tells all his guy friends. But he's like, he like guilt tripped her right, right off the bat. He's like, I won't tell anybody if you won't. You're a really lousy friend. (laughs) Taking advantage (laughs) of your, of your friend's ex-boyfriend. Yeah, Lauren made a bad move anyway, because here's the thing. Yes, she was saying like, ooh, no, don't, Julie, you would be so upset. But she was playing like hard to get. It was she had every intention of sleeping with him because she kept laying into like, Julie, if you're not going to if you're not going to date Tommy, I would 100 percent date Tommy. And then, yeah, then it happens. So, yeah, he's a piece of crap. Yes, Lauren made a mistake. She probably shouldn't have slept with her. That's also the kind of thing that happens in high school. I guess. <laughs> like, legit. Like, I mean, I know it happens to some people. Like, girls and guys from the same group kind of bounce around. <laughs> Whatever. That's a little side story. But where the real action takes place is when Randy and Fred, Fred show up. And they come in through the door looking very punk, very out of place. And everyone's just they definitely staring crash at them. It. And he makes, Randy makes eyes with Julie. And it's like, love at first sight. They're both just very smitten and taken with each other. And Randy tries to talk to Julie, but then Tommy sees this happening. And even though he literally just slept with her best friend. Hot, very hot. Said they're not together anymore. He punches Randy out and throws him out of the party. Yeah, he has two of the dudes grab Randy around his arms and Tommy just sucker punches him. Yeah, but Randy doesn't give up that easy because he's seen Julie and he (laughs) knows. My favorite part is when he gets thrown out and he's just like. Because he has this punk rock attitude. He's just like, fuck you. Yeah, he does. <laughs> His voice cracks. But he's not done because he sneaks back into this party because he has to see Julie again. Yeah, he climbed to the second floor. He sneaks in through the bathroom window and he hides in the shower. Mm-hmm. And he's in there for an uncomfortable amount of time. He watches several people come and go. A group of girls come in and they're smoking. A guy and a girl come in and they start getting all hot and heavy. He sees all these people come and go and he's like, oh my God, she's got to have to use the bathroom at some point. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually, Julie. Yeah, two, a guy goes in there with a girl to make out and they start getting really heavy. And then someone ruins it for him because they have to take a really mean dump. Yeah. And then someone goes in there to smoke weed. There's all kinds of stuff going on in the bathroom. But Julie finally shows up. No bumps. Julie finally shows up and she goes into the bathroom and he sneaks out of the shower and surprises her. And he's (laughs) like, I'm here. And she's like, oh, my God, you're going to get in so much trouble. (laughs) And they're (laughs) like. So. He's very brooding. She ends up sneaking off and meeting him outside and they sneak away to Hollywood Mm -hmm. and she takes one of her friends with her and her friend's freaking out. She's like, oh my God, I don't want to get like, (laughs) I don't like beat up or something. I don't know. She's afraid something's going to happen. Yeah. Her friend's like, that's where all the weirdos are. Yeah. (laughs) But like, where does he say he goes Hollywood high? Oh, yeah. Some, I don't remember where he says. But this is a really cool part of the movie because then you get to see, like, the Wastoids, the dweebs. You get to see, like, all these interactions with all these different people. 
Mm-hmm. And it's all from this one car ride. You know, you get to see all the big buildings, uh, the donut shop. He's driving down the street like he These knows everyone landmarks. standing on the side of the road. He's yelling at people. They're yelling back. And she's like, she's just so, so in awe of she's culture shocked at this point. Yeah, it's a different experience. I mean, I mean, she's a very well off hoity toity girl. And which really doesn't totally fit opposite. her her demeanor honestly like right from the get-go you don't really get those vibes from her you see she seems more like a girl trying to be a valley girl than a valley girl to me anyway she wants to break out of this this mold this stereotype that her friends Mm -hmm. have established and it definitely plays a part through the whole movie but they end up going out to like this make out point and yeah it was way up on a hill too because those lights were way way down yeah Randy and Julie are going to town in the car. They're making out hot and heavy. And Fred's out at the car chasing a little. Fred is trying so hard to get this girl <laughs> to even just look at him twice. And it she's was, like, no. Yeah. Yeah, they were they were they were cute. I didn't mind them at all. I thought it was he was he was being a really really romantic guy she wasn't as quick to give up as julie was you could tell she's like flirting with him but was afraid to let loose i guess yeah they hate she just complains the whole time they're doing this she hates the music she hates the places they go mm-hmm. Ugh. i hate this car she think i think she's attracted to him she just doesn't want to admit it to fred she's yeah attracted to fred it'd be really difficult for her because of her social standing Oh, yeah. It's all about image. And they end up staying out until the sun comes up. And Randy takes her home and he's like, are you going to be in trouble? And she's like, "Mm, my parents are pretty cool. And she doesn't get in trouble. I mean, they're waiting for her. Yeah, they're waiting for her when she walks in the door. But they're like, you know, we want you to be your own person, but we also want to make sure you're safe. And she's like, I'm fine. (laughs) And she ends up having he asks when he can see her again before he drops her off, before Randy drops Julie off. (laughs) She'd have to find he'd have to find her. She says that she works, but she's being very vague about where she doesn't want to tell him <laughs> that she works with her parents at this health food restaurant. Yeah. And that place sucked. Well, he does some sleuthing. Yuck. And the next day or later that day, I guess, technically, he finds her at this restaurant and she's like, oh, my God, I can't believe you found me. This is embarrassing. And has to introduce him to her dad who's working. Her dad who mysteriously just really looks like Sonny Bono. Yeah. He just he does. <laughs> he's wearing these really tight bell bottom jeans. His shirt is definitely a size too small. And he's wearing sandals. <laughs> that break. Yeah. He's had them that long. They yeah, were. he's he's had them since Woodstock. Mm-hmm. Or he's Hate like, Ashbury. I, I had them that long. I got them at Woodstock. <laughs> or yeah. Something like that. <laughs> anyway, so she ends up skipping work. And going with Randy to hang out. In the meantime, it we didn't forget about old Skip and Mom. So there's a flashover to where Skip is delivering, delivering groceries. groceries to that chick's mom. And Which, that's always been a thing, I guess, huh? I guess. She's sitting out by the pool. It's very <laughs> high class. and Uber delivery. <laughs> I, it all comes full circle. We're back. We're there again. Mm-hmm. But he delivers the grocery, and they, and they have this very uh, tense meeting where they're talking in innuendos and stuff, and she's like, well, you essentially she says, you could come inside, and we can totally do this right now because I don't do... I don't do casual things. Or I don't do um, serious things. Let's just get down to it. Yeah. But she's like, but my daughter's going to be home soon. So you should probably go. And he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> so this is like a side story. It, they keep popping up through the whole movie. But it goes Now there's back. a couple things that go on during this movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just have a bunch of things that play off each other. It, that, they did a really good job with that. Yeah. But it goes back to Randy and Julie. And... I, I don't know. I guess you had to have a little break, uh, just a breather, because then you get a, like a four minute montage of them going on dates and making out. To modern and, English. Yeah. The entire song. What was the song? Melt With You. I Melt With You. That's right. I mean, that song. Yeah. it is the entirety of the song. They have. It really is. It's like the whole song. 
it's just them going on dates and being cute and you're like oh and they're falling for yeah each other. eating really delicious looking pie at the mall when have you ever gotten a piece of pie at the mall <laughs> with that much ra- meringue on it i can't say i ever have <laughs> anyway montage over julie is back with her um her popular friends and they're at a sleepover and in their undies and don't forget to point that out of course this is definitely how all sleepovers go you know the fact that this was directed by a woman kind of is disappointing to me don't I'm like, worry Man, no. don't worry it's gonna get covered okay okay <laughs> i really want to talk about all the pictures uh the posters on the wall okay so her friends are total jerk-offs but they well, do have yeah. good taste in music, apparently, and movies. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> what's all over their wall? There was a poster that featured John Mellencamp, Devo, 38 Special randomly, mm-hmm. that you thought was, who'd you say it was? I thought it was Def Leppard. Okay. But it was definitely 38 Special. <laughs> I could tell that from a mile away. And the random picture of Matt Dillon. No, that was in Julie's room. Oh, that was in Julie's room. Mm -hmm. Who'd they have in their room? They had another celebrity on the wall. I don't remember. It would have been somebody big in 1982-83. Sometime in there. Yeah, I don't remember. But her friends are like, they're being playful, or at least they think they're being playful at first with her, where they're like, so are you still with that guy? They drop a lot of hints. And she says, yeah, he's fun. He's spontaneous. He's... He's not... Tommy. He's different. Yeah. She's like, he's just different. And they're like, I just don't understand what you see in him. You gave up Tommy, the hottest guy in school. They just can't let go that she gave up the hottest guy in school, which he is not that cute. (laughs) And eventually they just come straight out and they're like, Randy's gross. And she's like, actually, Randy's really nice. And she got really offended too. Yeah. They just keep dumping on her and it's not cool. Like your friends suck. (laughs) And on top of that, they were more worried about her social standing because of how it was going to make them look in the process, too. Yes, which is so superficial. And especially but Lauren. that's what it is. It's a, it's a Valley Girl thing. Especially Lauren, who slept with Tommy the day they broke up. And then she's, like, making jokes about, well, I would hook up with, I would stay with Tommy. And it's like, okay, you're a really mean friend, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, while they're at the slumber party, Skip ends up actually calling the house. It's that girl's house with the mom. Yes. With the flirty mom. Which and the girl was cute, too. He's, like, dropping hints that he keeps asking if her mom's home. And she's taking it as, oh, he's going to come by. And she's like, oh, no, my mom's gone for most of the night. And he's like, oh, all right, later. And that's, when my, that's when my song comes on, too. <laughs> Eaten by the Monster Love. I love Sparks. They don't get enough credit. They're in every 80s soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Well, it cuts the next morning where Spike actually, Spike Skip, <laughs> Spike. Spike Skip, you know, Sandal. <laughs> Flip-flop rides his bike to, yeah. <laughs> to Hop, uh, skip, jump. this chick's house. And he ends up knocking on the door. No one answers. And he's like, oh, my God. And he ends up opening the door and just walking in. And he hears the shower going upstairs. And he picks up a book and says he's returning it. Yeah. He sneaks upstairs and he thinks that he's caught we're assuming he's caught the mom in the shower Mm -hmm. and it pans back to the front door opening and another girl walks in. So you're assuming it's the daughter who just walked in the door. Well, come to find out that skip walked in on the daughter in the Mm -hmm. shower and they were actually having sex and the mom walked in on it. They were getting it on. And that's like the last you see of skip and the mom. Like that's the end of the skip story. Halfway through the movie. Well, we already (laughs) got it. We already came to the conclusion. He got the daughter. Which the daughter was pursuing him throughout the whole movie, too. Yes. Yeah. So I think the mom was butthurt, but whatever. (laughs) Oh, well. Then you have that, like, come to Jesus moment where two of the girls finally meet with Juliet. The diner cafe thing. Yeah. Drinking their Coke with no ice. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. (laughs) Bougie. Classy. Yeah. But we didn't know this. There was kind of like this little, like, meeting where they kind of brought Tommy in. That's where Julie decides she's not going to continue to see Randy because it's either her friends or her. Because, oh man, that it causes a huge That one friend problem. is really mean. I can't s- Yeah, I the can't one that's, that Fred's into? Yeah, she's really mean about it. 
Yeah. And she's like, how is it going to look if you're and with how, Randy? And how can she have an opinion on that when she's not dating anybody and nobody's trying to date her? Right. It's stupid. Whatever. But yeah, Tommy shows up and all the girls are like, oh, we got to go. And they leave Julie and Tommy alone. And is this what you want? Yeah, and then starts eating her food. Which, by the way, it's supposed to be a hamburger and fries. There is no bur. That is literally a bun and cheese. It is a hamburger bun and cheese. Maybe he was a vegetarian. Or she is, because she ordered it. And he's like, can I have a bite of your sandwich? And then just starts like shoveling her food in his mouth. And you can see on her face, she's like, I have made a grave mistake. <laughs> <laughs> she just does that like goofy laugh. Well, of course, now that she's made the decision that she's going to stay with Tommy and leave Randy, Randy shows up at her house. Un- unannounced. Yeah, being spontaneous and being romantic. And she starts crying and she's like, you have to leave. It's not you, it's me. <laughs> like, has that whole conversation. He gets really mad and cusses her out. Yeah, he kind of goes over the top. Like, he says, well, it's your friends, isn't it? And, I mean, he's not wrong, but he no. shouldn't have been as mean as he was. Then he goes, gets drunk, goes to the club where he took him uh the plum souls start playing music they were playing the night that he was that yeah they were there yeah i then he hooks up with his ex yeah he runs into that samantha yeah his ex was that her name samantha yes and that's why i mentioned her earlier it's she's like oh it's been a long time and he's like well here i am now and they end up banging in the bathroom like yeah whatever he He's an idiot. Randy may be romantic in the moment, but he, he was just rid- like Romeo and Juliet. He made a stupid call. <laughs> yeah. He was ridiculous drunk. Mm-hmm. He started uh, threatening gang members <laughs> and Fred <laughs> had to save his ass. Yes. Yeah. Um, just the, that was all bad, but he gets really drunk. Fred saves him. And then he realizes he screwed up like big time. And he immediately tries to, like, right his wrong. Even though Julie doesn't know he's done this. They come up with that plan at the top of the hill Mm -hmm. that if you want to win her back, you got to you got to be with her without her knowing you're with her. Yeah. So, like, the first thing he does, he calls into the radio station (laughs) when all the girls are hanging out. Because that's his favorite Valley girl. Yeah. The radio jockey, uh, this jockey, he uh, does a shout out to Julie yeah, and, his favorite Valley Girl. Um, it, you see him at a couple different places. He's at the movie theater. Yeah, he he <laughs> could have picked tickets. a better song though. What song did he end up doing? That song's like. Oh, oh, Eyes of a Stranger. That's, oh, okay. a, that's how the guy sings it. I don't <laughs> don't look at me like that. I have no idea what you were saying. That's fine. That, Whatever. You can't understand what he's saying. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I actually really like where he becomes like the burger boy. uh, He works at the movie theater and then he's the, the guy at the (laughs) restaurant where he's Peter Piper picked a pack of peppers, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) He spits his gum on him on accident. Dude, that there's no way he, that wasn't planned. They all fell out at that. Yeah. You could tell the Tom, even Tommy, he was laughing in the front seat. That was definitely, they definitely kept that in the movie. But then it ends up with, he gets so desperate. He sleeps on her front lawn And she's like, oh, my God, Randy, you have to leave. (laughs) And he's trying to tell her, he's like, I'm not going to leave until I get you back. And she's like, it's too late. And she ends up going to prom with Tommy, of course. And her and Tommy go to prom. Randy and his friends show up, even though they don't go to school there. They show up to this prom and they sneak in. Crush that fly. Yeah, they know that. Well, they don't know, but Julie and Tommy are going to be crowned prom king and queen. Mm -hmm. And while the whatever she is, the student, the school counselor or something, breaking down, she starts giving this speech about prom king and queen, but saying like it's not about dating the the quarterback or being the head cheerleader and like takes her glasses off and being the prettiest. I know I wasn't. <laughs> starts. I was like, stop giving us your sob story. <laughs> but while she's doing this speech, she's not paying attention. And Randy and Fred have snuck backstage mm-hmm. and they end up getting in a fist fight with Tommy or Randy. And Tommy yeah, Randy finally gets a one on one with him. And, he, and Tommy gets that really funny karate stance. He does. He's doing karate moves. <laughs> yeah. Oh, see? Precursor. Um. Anyway, he starts 
punching him and he ends up knocking him out in front of everybody and the teacher mm-hmm. faints and like throws her cue cards <laughs> in the air it's so dramatic um we get uh josie cotton doing the music for the <laughs> for the dance live mm-hmm. and uh i mean essentially that's pretty much randy and julie julie realizes that tommy's piece crap and she's yeah. like I still like you, Randy. It was always you. And they end up hopping in the limo that Tommy brought her in. And the old girl that was mean to Julie that Fred was really into finally gives in to Fred. Mm -hmm. But Julie and Randy ride off into the sunset together in their limo. And (laughs) she's in like her pretty white prom dress. And he's in all black with his hair all whatever. They get in the limo. The bracelet that Tommy gave Julie. She tosses out the window because in 80s movies, for some reason, when it's true it's love, a you gotta, you get, yeah, you got to throw something out the window. But she checks it, and that's the end of the movie. It's a good movie. It, I mean, it's it, so fun. The movie's fun. It definitely doesn't follow the Romeo and Juliet to a T. We no, can tell that it definitely borrows from it. We can tell that Fred is Randy or Romeo's Marcuccio. Mm-hmm. Um, at first, I was like Tommy's Tybalt. But that's not right, because Tybalt's uh, Julie Juliet's cousin. It should have been Paris. Anyway, whatever. There's characters missing. The point is they had the two main characters. They had their Romeo and their Juliet. And that was pretty much it. <laughs> you just have the good girl and the bad boy, which is kind of what the whole story of bad, Romeo and Juliet is. Bad. Star-crossed lovers. Yeah, bad, bad boy. <laughs> All right. Well... I would like to hear some trivia now since you keep telling me, oh, we'll get to it. Let's get to it. Yes. Uh, This movie uh, on its opening weekend got to number four. It didn't climb any higher than that, but it grossed a lot of money. Yeah. that's So it must have, even though it didn't get number one or anything, it must have stayed up there for a while. Mm -hmm. Uh, This movie had a killer soundtrack. There Mm -hmm. was so many things that happened with the music for when it, for the modern day when it went to like DVD, Blu-ray and all that, mm-hmm. that a lot of the music got switched out. Oh. Because there was a lot of people that were promised on it that were taken completely off of it. Random. Like, uh, yeah. Who did I read about? Oh, The Clash, Culture Club, Bananarama, The Jam, all taken off the soundtrack completely. Oh, and Men at Work. I wonder if they couldn't afford it. Something happened with uh, rights. So it all had to be put back but they waited forever to make a deal on it hmm. okay also music in the 80s was treated so differently like in california they had their own kind of like billboard hot 100 uh-huh and the josie cotton song johnny are you queer was huge at that time yeah it was so big in california is <laughs> amazing not yeah it's good. pretty good not good why it's fun yeah it's definitely not okay the song is like i think you're gay because you're not into me like yeah (laughs) okay (laughs) whatever i'm just saying girl they don't all have to be into you (laughs) sure (laughs) but no this movie's got a amazing soundtrack oh we talked about the remake the remake was made yes. in 2017, but you remember when all that shit happened with Logan Paul? Oh my God. I literally, then even just hearing his name makes me cringe, but go ahead. Yes, I know who that is. Well, they had to wait to do anything with the movie because they were waiting for all that to die down. He's in the movie? Yeah, he's the Tommy character, except they they even changed the character name for it. Ew, gross. I'm glad I didn't watch it. Yeah, but... uh. He is like a literal garbage human being. This movie, the remake did so bad in like previewing and stuff mm-hmm. that they could only do it for a video on demand. <laughs> and it got featured in a few select drive-ins. What really sucks about that is a lot of the girls that were in the original movie did appearances in it. Mm-hmm. So, so waste opportunity. I'm curious to see. <laughs> that was it. Oh my God! Sorry, I looked up the box office for the 2020 Valley Girl. It died fast. Do you know what the box office was? I would guess 200 grand. No. I don't know. Seven 
thousand six hundred dollars. Wow, how much did it cost to make that movie? I don't even know, man. That's oh, this movie also had a, a chart topper. I melt with melt with you was number one on the uh, Billboard chart for a little bit. Okay, that's a good song. I don't mind it. The pop chart, not the rock chart. Let's get that right. Okay. <laughs> I'm looking up the budget really quick. Um, no problem. The tune, blah, blah, blah. No, that's the original. I want to know. I don't know. It only grossed $7,000, and that's all that matters to me. That is what, like, you're. You remember how you nothing. were talking about the budget? Uh huh. I read that the original pick to play Julie in this movie mm-hmm. was Michelle Pfeiffer, but they couldn't afford her. Oh, I couldn't see. I could. Michelle Pfeiffer was red hot. But when did Grease 2 come out? I believe, well, let's see, E.T., I think 82. See, they already made her like this cool leather jacket wearing. Well, I guess she also did Scarface. She had too much of the edge to her. I feel like it wouldn't have. You would have a hard time convincing me that she was like the girl next door. Yeah. Coming off of those movies. I found out something too, just not reading. <laughs> this is one of Quentin Tarantino's favorite romantic comedies. That's why he's cast so many people from this damn movie. Okay. Uh, in real life, uh, Colleen Camp, who plays the mom, uh huh, she's only nine years older than Julie. You know what? The I Julie's mom, right? She plays Julie's yes. mom. Okay. The first time you see her when she's wearing those glasses, she looks like Julie's sister, like younger sister. She does, doesn't she? I said, that is not your mother. <laughs> <laughs> Nicholas Cage, because uh, you know he's such a deep actor. Yeah. He wanted to get <laughs> so into his character of being a punk and a rebel that he lived in his car throughout the whole shoot. Oh. And, and before the shoot to prepare for it. <laughs> he had a humongous crush on, uh, what was her name? Uh, Deborah Foreman. Julie. Oh, the lead, Julie. Yeah. Okay. He had such a huge crush on her that he wrote her poems and stuff like that. Uh-huh. And she actually kept one of them. It's called American Girl. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, I thought they that did was really have cool. some good chemistry. I'll be they honest. really did. Like, mm-hmm. I think that's part of the reason why this movie did so well. When you have two leads where you believe like it's real, mm-hmm. it helps the movie. Like, because we've seen movies where like this shit don't work. I'm a sucker for some rom coms. I am too. I like rom coms. <laughs> there were moments like, yes, it's the loving moments where they're kissing and stuff. But it's like the way he would hold her. I'm like, ooh, that yeah. just did something. There's <laughs> some. There's just things you don't believe about it. No, I did. Like, it made me... No, 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 no. I'm talking about in general. Like, there'll be movies you watch where there's stuff you're like, man, I don't believe it. And then there's movies like this where you're like, I believe it. Like, even in just their and body they dated. language. They dated during filming. There you go. There it is. But yeah, in their body language, you can just tell they're very into each other. Yes, and they had to be uh, counseled on the breakup scene for the movie. Because they, they were both really afraid to, to do it because they were afraid it would be too real. So oh, Lord. <laughs> the, the director told uh, Deborah Foreman, pretend it's the last guy you broke up with and just just give me that. Okay. I mean, did they only date for like pretty much the length of this movie and then yeah. a little after? See, it's one of those, it all wears off and like the spell is broken and you're just like, what in the world? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nicolas Cage admits it. He like, he didn't have to do a whole lot of acting in this movie. Mm-hmm. He was so into her, and he was just—he was head over heel, head over heels in real life. I mean, I guess it helps if you're both single actors and can pull that off. It would almost be nice to have that chemistry in real life, but also know that you have to shut it off when the camera stops rolling. Right. Oh, the club scenes uh, that we see in the movie where Randy takes Julie were filmed at the famous Sunset Strip. Okay. Uh, the club was originally named the Filthy McNasties <laughs> in the 60s and 70s. Uh, in the 80s, it was called the Central. It's pretty famous. Okay. Uh, and you want to know something really big about that place? Hmm. That's the place that was later, that was purchased by Johnny Depp. And it was now, and still to this day, is called the Viper Room. Do you know what's famous about that? 
I know the name, but uh, go ahead and tell me. That's where uh, River Phoenix died on Halloween in 1993. Okay. This movie had a lot of really cool stuff uh, about it. Elizabeth Daly, E.G., mm-hmm. uh, she really couldn't get into being the whole Valley Girl thing and did not like going out there to do the talking and all that. So mm-hmm. the director's like, what if we make you beyond them and we make you a girl from Malibu that just happens to go to the same school? Okay. And I was like, that's actually really good directing. <laughs> So that's why you notice she doesn't say it as much as everybody else. Yeah. So I thought that was cool. Oh, you remember how you brought up the poster? Yeah. The original girl for this movie was the girl that played Samantha. Would you call her name? Stephanie or Samantha? Samantha. She was the one that posed with Nicolas Cage. And they had to change the face to Deborah Foreman. Oh. She was going to be the lead? Mm Mm-hmm. Until they locked in Deborah Foreman. Yikes. They were that sure that they took promo pictures. Yes. And another thing is she was already in the beginning of the, f- the filming. They had to cancel it and write a new part for her because she was already inked for the movie. Hmm. <laughs> well, yeah, that, that cover's bad. I mean, they also did a lot of work to Nick Cage on that cover. <laughs> so <laughs> they, That's one excuse. I mean, if they've had to superimpose her face onto that other chick's body, but yeah, come this- on. This is a movie I had a script that was written in 10 days. Oh. Start to finish. So, Romeo and Juliet, take your parts you want from it and just put a school setting to it. Yeah. Every single one of the kids in this movie had to go to a school, like mm-hmm. the same school to get to feel being back in school. Okay. Even though there's not much school to it. I mean, that's kind of weird. I I guess to get in the mindset of being a teenager again, sure. Right. Uh, this is one of Kevin Smith's favorite movies. Like when his wife went into labor, this is the only movie she wanted brought to the hospital was Valley Girl. Weird. Okay. Yeah. Kind of crazy, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, this whole movie is based around the song by Frank Zappa. This movie was supposed to be a totally different script, but Frank Zappa, he's kind of a like a political guy and he's very about the bottom line, mm-hmm. even though his music's very weird. Yeah. But... He he lost out in the, in the court case, and then they changed the entire script to make hmm. it fun. We, I don't know, I, I've said it before, I'll, and I'll continue to say it. I feel like that's going to be probably a trivia fact of most of the movies we cover, if not all, where the script started out as something totally different. And this song, even though it's supposed to feature a ton of punk music, it features none. It's all new wave and post-punk music. Um, I mean, I get, I, I guess (laughs) if that's what, if they're really supposed to be portrayed as punk guys, this is also the movie that that will, I think we can probably end on this as far as talking about (laughs) trivia. This is the movie that made Nicolas Cage the money to get his teeth fixed. Hey, there you go. Big positive. (laughs) There you go, buddy. I mean, I shouldn't be talking about anybody's teeth. I literally just went and got fitted today for... (laughs) My new team. <laughs> I'm not. You're I, not getting a denture or nothing like that. Get, it's a partial. It. it is a partial. Look, y'all. I had, I had a an a, an issue in high school where I lost like three teeth in a row, and I'm getting it fixed. But it's okay. You can't see it. They're in the <laughs> back. But boy, it's doing something awful to my chewing. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm about to have it fixed, and I may have a lisp. I don't know. We'll see. I'm afraid I'm going to have a lisp. <laughs> there's a lot of more trivia to give about this movie it just i think we should say i'll save it for our thing on patreon okay well we're gonna rank this thing yes so <laughs> rewatch i give it a three and a half yeah it's i always like watching it when someone mentions it it's a three it's not, I mean, I like the movie when I do watch it, but I don't usually jump for it. When I want to watch like a romantic comedy, it's not the first thing I jump to. Okay. But it's there. Legacy. Mm. Uh, this is hard. Sucks. I know because the whole Romeo and Juliet thing. And I mean, honestly, this movie, it influenced. launched some careers for sure. Yeah. Also, it kind of influenced a lot of that. 
sort of style and things like that. Like without um, the Valley Girl look, it'd be really hard to have bands like the Go-Go's and stuff. I think I'm also... This one's kind of hard to judge because it does, the Romeo and Juliet thing is done over and over and over. It's still being right. done today. It's a timeless story, but and this is Valley a movie. Girl maybe didn't necessarily influence those. No, but it's kept its legacy in a, in a way because... It did get a remake because of how popular the movie is with people. And I didn't realize so many directors like this movie. Mm-hmm. Like it kind of blew my mind because they're the ones that are the generation after the, the, the great greats. Mm-hmm. Like these are the guys after Spielberg and like guys like that. And James Cameron, I guess. I think because it's so hard to judge personally for me, I'm going to give it a three. Seems a That's, little high. Yeah, because I was gonna give it a two. I'll go. Th- I'll go with a three. Just because I know, I can't say for certain that it did not influence other Romeo and Juliet retellings. It. That's could a good have. point. Because you got to think there were more directors that would come along. Mm-hmm. There were more female directors that were probably influenced by this movie. I would think. Oh, Clueless! Uh, I found out Clueless is. A little bit based off this movie. Is it? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's funny because Paul Rudd plays Paris in the Bad <coughs> Lawrence Romeo and Juliet with Leonardo DiCaprio and Claire Dane. That's right. He has a very small part in it, but he is in it. <laughs> yes. That's, I, I think you're right. I think it's a three. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. And the last thing we're going to cover is the look and feel of the movie. This is back-to-back Holy movies <laughs> where we have soundtracks that are five. Oh, the soundtrack is, yeah, it's, absolutely. It's banger after banger. Most, almost all of the songs are a hit for what's happening in the movie. Like, it definitely mm-hmm. goes with it's the same. feel. The one that really hits home the most for some reason, I don't know, it's something about the song itself, but it's a scene where he hooks up with Samantha in the bathroom and then feels bad about it. Yeah, Something miles about away. that song is... Yeah, yeah. they fit that in there well. Uh, it I'm really a big, sets the mood. Yes. I'm a big fan of the culture, the look, I think the dress, <laughs> and I really like the scenery. I feel like they went a little over the top with and I can't say this for certain. It the could verbiage. be could be right. Yes, with the Valley Girl, just but you have to like totally. And but you have to be honest with tubular. yourself. Like that would have been the thing. Well, that's why I'm saying I don't know if that is over the top or if that's really how those girls talked. Because God, that is annoying. That is because there's stuff. I mean, you want to ba- bring back Biscuit Brain. <laughs> you want to bring back Biscuit Brain. I just yeah, that's why I said you it want too. a weekend in Santa Fe. You. <laughs> um i mean eh. i'm not sure i'll have to talk to some people who lived Uh, in the era come (laughs) on man don't be wiggity whack i really wish i could remember the word she said because i was gonna use it oh you're gonna use it on me you mean no well because she used it as to um describe brandy it was like saying that he was rad but i can't remember the word she used so no i wouldn't use it for you Oh, Oh. (laughs) all right. Just kidding. I'm going to give it a four. I'm not going to give it a five just because I can't stand the, the. Just say verbiage. The way they talk. Yeah, it's bad. (laughs) I actually, I'm a big big fan of the lingo. Uh, This is another movie that captures that moment in time. And when Nick Cage makes fun of her. Uh, yeah. After they break, he says, like, totally. <laughs> <laughs> I can't stand it. <laughs> so bad. I'm giving it a four. I'm going to give it a 4.5. So my overall for this movie, I think I'm going to settle on a three. Same. I'm going to go with a three. It's not bad. It is not a bad movie, but it's not like a spectacular movie. I just... I think it's a good romantic comedy. Like, if you were... This is a great couples movie. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I, I like it? I like putting it out there. Like for people that are in relationships, they should definitely watch this. I it's th- it's a fun movie. If you like the Romeo and Juliet story, this is just another telling of Romeo and Juliet. There are a couple things in it that didn't age like super well, but whatever. Like that song. <laughs> well, 
You gotta think, it's a movie made 40 years ago. I know, that's why I said things didn't age well in it, but... Let's not get this movie canceled. <laughs> I'm not trying to, I'm just saying that's a weird song to listen to now, because it's not that's, cool. I just hate that. The, things getting canceled, that thing being thought of for the time they came out. I just recommended this movie, I'm not canceling it. Another thing is, like, you have, like, Jackass 2 that had the same song in it. Yes. During the ball pit scene. Yes, I Still forgot funny. about that. Well, I think it's going to wrap up this movie. Uh, not much left to cover, so stick around for a snippet of next week's movie. Uh, it's a good one. It's going to be lit. Okay, <laughs> we're going to go now. Okay, bye. See ya. Next week on the Retro Club. What? How many Mortal Kombat characters came out of this? Raiden. Raiden. Shang, Shang Tsung. Um, I'll have to think of it, but there are definitely more. Uh oh, Liu Kang, probably. Well, partially mm, Liu Kang. Not quite. Uh, partially Liu Kang. You're right. Okay. Uh, definitely the hat throw guy, Kung Lao. Yep. That I think that's who I was thinking of. But yeah, I could yeah. see the other one too. Um, Baraka. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, no, because they had that those guys that carried the swords. Kind of like Baraka. Baraka's my favorite. I know. Do you know who scared the crap out of me? The four-armed lady. The four-armed lady? Oh, Shiva? Shiva! I thought you meant like a lady with big forearms. <laughs> no. I don't know. I mean like literally Like four. you literally started putting your hands together. I was like, a lady with big forearms. <laughs> no, that's like, me, silly. <laughs> <laughs> No, I meant Shiva. She scared me when she'd do her, like, jump. <laughs> I know. With that top knot. Whew, man. How's she wearing that outfit with the boobs? Like, not, like, like they're bouncing out. Pecs, mostly. I guess. They're they're pretty firm. <laughs> <laughs> She's doing the Wreck-It Ralph. I'm gonna wreck it. <laughs> Mixing and music by Kelsey Ingram. Cover art is by Megan Harris. Research is by John and Megan Harris. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Slasher at RetroClubPod. Or visit our website at RetroClubPod.com for episode information and more. You can listen to the Retro Club on Podbean, Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, and more. Make sure to like, follow, and subscribe, or we'll find you.